What? <laughs> hey! I had it something locked and loaded to say, and I, I panicked, and I just said, "Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Chumps to Champs Fantasy Football Podcast, Episode Twenty Two. Is that right? Twenty One? Yeah, and every sentence with a question mark. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> I think it's Twenty Two. I mean, so many, it's hard to keep track of. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Just got done drafting a league. Came out pretty good. Oh, boy. You always feel good at the end of your draft, though, right? No, but, like, I'm the guy who's actually going to do good. But this is real. <laughs> this one's real. <laughs> it's Thursday, August 27th. We are getting closer and closer, guys. This is getting more real. But most of my major drafts are over. I only got one left. It's kind of a bummer. I might be done. Uh, no. I think my, my fourth usual league is folded, and there's a new one starting up. But it might be a little high dollar for me with all the yeah. other leagues I'm in. Yeah, and all the FanDuel you're for sure going to do. Mm-hmm. We got a good show, though. We're going to do some news and notes. We're going to recap the main league that the three of us are in, myself, Matt, and Scott. We drafted this past weekend. We're going to go over some stuff that we thought was interesting from that draft to maybe help you, especially if you're going to draft this upcoming weekend. Some weird stuff went down, but it's nice to see how real drafts go compared to your mocks, right? So. Some weird stuff went down, and we drafted. It was a weird part. It was wild. (laughs) But after that, we're going to do some prop bets, some interesting picks, some this or that kind of stuff to close out the show. Let's begin with some news. So the NBA postponed their playoff games this past Wednesday, I believe it was, in protest of the recent shooting that happened in Wisconsin. MLB postponed some games. The NHL postpone some playoff games now we are a sports podcast we're a fantasy football podcast a lot of shitty things going on in the world so let's escape and focus on the less important things like sports now the nfl kicks off in less than two weeks boys do you think it's possible that the nfl regular season games could get canceled or postponed I certainly think it's possible. I mean, if they're going to be postponing NBA playoff games, surely they could postpone week one of the NFL. I know there's a, well, I wouldn't say a lot more money involved, but we know how the NFL typically works. But I would think even they would really think about it if, you know, it came to that. Strictly focusing on fantasy football, yeah, it's something to keep an eye on and make sure you're apprised of the situation prior to week one. Yeah, COVID-19 was always what has worried us the past few months, and now it's just things that are absolutely out of our control. But yeah, it is something to keep track of. On the field stuff, though, lots of news on the field, especially for us who've drafted a bunch of these players. Gross. Let's talk about today. The New York Jets traded a conditional seventh-round pick in 2021 for running back Kalen Balazs. From the Miami Dolphins. I saw this news right after I drafted Le'Veon Bell in the league that I just drafted in earlier. Oh, that's such a bummer. So now Adam Gase, head coach of the Jets, has his buddies Frank Gore, who's 37 (laughs) years old, mind you, and Kalen Blage, who averaged 1.8 yards per carry last year. Not bad. That's right. right, 1.8. Uh, to back up Le'Veon Bell, there's already some disputes about Le'Veon Bell, whether he has a hamstring injury. Like, I think, I think it was Adam Gase said he did, and then Le'Veon Bell's like, my hamstring's fine. I think so, the quote was, ain't nothing wrong with my hamstring. Yeah, I mean, 
there it is. There you go. But how worried are you that Adam Gase is going to mismanage this running back situation on a scale of nine to 10? <laughs> wow. I guess 9.9. Yeah. <laughs> I own Bell in a league too. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me, man. Is this, a, this has timeshare written all over it. And what's it? hilarious is they just cut him, right? But the Jets were like, no, 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 no. Before you yeah. guys sign the papers, we would like to trade for him and give you guys <laughs> a pick. <laughs> Want him. We need him. We need that 1.8 yards per carry, man. Because he was going to get claimed on waivers, I guess they were worried about. Yeah, he's, and he's such a high-caliber talent that you can't let that slip through the cracks. Like, you got to go for it. So Adam Gase coached Frank Gore and Kalen Balazs in Miami, so he's just trying to recreate those not-successful Miami Dolphins teams in, in New York now. That's super annoying. I mean, are you drafting Le'Veon Bell later? If your drafts were coming up, like, would you take David Johnson ahead of him now? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, yeah. I think I probably would have anyways, but now it's definitely clear. I think uh, in this draft earlier today, I was between Love Bell and David Johnson whenever I took him. Not certain on that, but I did take Love Bell first. I was going to compare him to this next guy we're going to talk about, David Montgomery. Uh, I've got him in another league as well, so yay. David Montgomery will miss two to four weeks with a groin injury. The first reports of this injury were that it may have been a catastrophic thing in nature, but that wasn't true, luckily. This does, however, make him questionable for week one. So how far down the running back rankings does this move David Montgomery? Are you taking Mostert ahead of Montgomery now from the 49ers? Now that he might... I'm not sure that it's going to change where I'd be taking him because... Montgomery, you're looking at a third running back, so at best, he's probably going to be your flex guy. So even if he misses a week or two, that's not something that's really going to be holding your season hostage or anything. So I, I don't think, I'd, if I like him more than Mostert anyways, I don't think this, unless it gets worse or news comes out that it's going to be longer, would affect where I'm drafting him. Yeah, I don't think it makes me not like him a lot, especially, like you said, Scott, if he's a, your third running back. But I will say that in the draft that I just had moments ago, he fell to the sixth round. Ten-team draft, middle of sixth round, so what, pick 65? Mm-hmm. So you might get him at a much better value now. So that's something to keep in mind. Maybe you still like him, but you might be able to let him slide a little bit. Yeah, maybe target him in those rounds. I mean, there's a number of guys that went before him, like a. Singletary went before Montgomery, and I, I definitely don't like that. No, nope. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Joe Mixon wasn't at practice Wednesday due to migraines. He also has an ongoing contract dispute that needs to get resolved. Does this change where you draft Joe Mixon? Um, are you, or are you not worried like me because I own Joe Mixon in an important league of mine as well? Again, I had the turn in this draft just earlier and I really wanted uh in a 10 team league I wanted Sanders and Josh Jacobs at the turn Josh Jacobs went at nine in the first I got Miles Sanders and I went with Julio in the first pick of the second mm-hmm. instead of Mixon because it scared me but uh-huh. somebody else did mention they're like oh, you think they're really migraines or you think he's sitting out because he wants yeah. this extension that he keeps talking about and that's the talk right now is- who knows yeah, I was never huge on Mixon this year anyways but, yeah, that's just another thing that might push him down a slot or two in my RB rankings. Again, he fell to 
uh, eighth in the second round. So pick, I guess, 18. That's wow. good value for Joe Mixon. Really wow. good value for Joe yeah. Mixon. Considering I took him ninth overall a couple of days ago. Yeah, I'll say. <laughs> um, Matt, your boy. Just kidding. Not your boy, Kenyon Drake. I want to be clear on that. Matt is not a fan of Kenyon Drake. But he's in a walking boot right now. He says he's fine. But are you going to point at this and say, see, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I probably will. And all of a sudden, all this uh, Chase Edmonds hype is coming out. Like, oh, my God, he's a starting running back in the NFL. I think their coach said all this. And people are saying you're really smart to draft Edmonds late. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think uh, it's coming to fruition early. But, yeah, Drake's a chump pick. <laughs> Scott, what do you think? I mean, it's it's got to be something if he's in a boot. So, may be precautionary, sure. But it could be something that definitely lingers but like you said it has to be something or else they'd have him in a full body cast like nope just trying to preserve the body (laughs) like why that foot Uh, (laughs) two weeks before the season that's that's a little troubling that'd be cool though he's in a full body cast it's fine (laughs) i'm fine uh last bit of news deandre swift has some sort of a leg injury soft tissue injury uh not serious they're saying but does this make you wonder if you want to take carry on johnson a little more since it's a rookie with no preseason games who has a leg minor but still a leg injury again danny again <laughs> uh carry on felt super late like he has been in drafts and i've just been getting higher on carry on johnson because all the reports are saying he's splitting with swift uh everything it's not saying one's getting more in this aspect of the game or that they have complementary uh set like uh abilities so if they're splitting why am i letting carry on slip four rounds after swift i like carry on more and he has the more experience in the nfl yeah i don't think that he's or swift was going to be coming in as the starter anyways or anything like that maybe at all this season like matt said so i don't think that's a big thing for drafting wise because i wasn't going to be taking him that early anyways in any of my drafts but yeah, I think that raises Carrion's value a little bit. If he's going to be the for sure starter for the first couple of weeks, and he slips down as a, you know, your fourth RB, even if it's only for a few weeks, that that's a great play for a few weeks. And then if he starts splitting, then you cut him or save him for bye weeks or whatever you got to do. And Carrion had some some good looks last year, and if he comes in with a hurt Swift early, I mean, Carrion can just earn that uh, lead back role without really letting Swift bust into the mix too much. So it's a great opportunity for him. That was the news and notes of this past week. Now let's get into the Frederick League. That is our league that we've been doing for the past few years that Scott, Matt, and I are all in. It's a half PPR, 10-team league. Um, And we drafted this past Saturday. It's very competitive. Everyone knows what they're doing, and some interesting things went on during this draft. We'll start with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I know the hype of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has escalated and escalated and escalated. He went number six overall in this draft before the likes of, I believe, Dalvin Cook. Who'd he go? Who went before him? Before, went, yeah, Cook, Henry. They were both after him. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas was the pick right ahead of him, but even still, and Matt, you were saying in the league you just drafted in Clyde Edwards-Lair also went sixth in that draft. Yep, another 10-team league, and he went number six. So if you want Clyde Edwards-Lair, you better take him in the first round. It's going to have to be a first-round pick, it seems. That's too much for me, though. I think in both these leagues, well, 
in our Frederick League, I think Dan loves rookie running backs. He'll reach for them. He does it all the time. In my work league, big KC fan who mm-hmm. uh, snagged him, and uh, he knows his stuff, and he's willing to take the risk. So I think what I'm getting at is you're always going to have a guy who's willing to take that risk. So if you want him, you're going to have to be that guy who wants to take the risk. Mm-hmm. Still, ahead of Henry. Even I know it's a half PPR, but... Um, that, that was wild. Um, another thing that I noticed, this is a 10-team league again. The first 13 picks of this draft, 12 of them were running backs. I, I was very, very surprised by that, that Devontae Adams was the second wide receiver to go, and he didn't go until, I believe, the fourth pick of the second round. So teams are going running back heavy this year, and we're getting a lot of injury news coming out about all these running backs who are having these minor injuries. So I bet you that's going to continue happening for your drafts this upcoming weekend. This was the first year that we drafted with trade, like draft pick trades. Like last year in this league, we started to allow teams to trade draft picks for the following year. And this was the first, obviously then the first draft where we utilized those picks. What did you guys think? I mean, it's great when you're trading the picks in the regular season because you don't have to worry about the consequences yet, but now it's time that you have to, <laughs> to pay the consequences. How did you guys like it? I hated not having a six-round pick because, I, I mean, you guys will attest in this podcast, I always say, like, in my drafts, my first six rounds, I want to end up with three running backs and three wide receivers unless I see an incredible value on a tight end or maybe a quarterback. Big maybe there. But, like, I get to the sixth round and I had – what was it uh, three running or sorry, three wide receivers and two running backs. And I just wanted to solidify my running backs in the six. I think I went to cam makers. I had to let him slide in. He went before it came back down in the seventh. And I didn't like that at all. Yeah. I didn't have any traded, so I didn't have to deal with it this year, but it would just make me really nervous. If I was trading down draft picks, if you're trading up, then okay then you got you know an extra pick early but man yeah if you don't have a guy in one of those early rounds I don't know that would change my strategy significantly and I I would feel just very uneasy about my situation yeah like no if you're going to make draft pick trades like when we made this trade myself and Keith last year it was the sixth for a ninth round pick and it's like whatever it's a sixth round it's the ninth round we'll figure it out turns out those are super valuable. When I got my bonus six-round pick, I'm like, this is awesome. And then it got to the ninth round. That, that's, I mean, that's not that high. of That's a middle you know, draft round. And I still had a guy I wanted really, really bad. Didn't get my pick. And then he went the next pick after us. So there is just a roller coaster of highs and lows that come along with these draft victories. And I think I'm going to pay more attention now moving forward. Yeah, well, I'll also say that in uh, the league that I drafted earlier, I didn't have a fifth-round pick, but the trade that I gave away my fifth-round pick is a trade that got me into the ship, um, finishes second. But, I mean, it can certainly pay off. If it gets you a championship or even into the championship the year previous, you can make, you can make up a fifth or sixth-round pick. First four rounds are tough to make up, though. And I'll, yeah. I'll probably try to not trade anything earlier than a seventh round pick in the future because it definitely makes you stumble a bit during your draft right mandy went first overall in this this league so she got obviously the first pick and then she snaked at the two three she got christian mccaffrey and then she got travis kelsey and lamar jackson so arguably the number ones at three different positions 
It's an interesting strategy. Um, that happened with Anthony also, our uh, manager extraordinaire. He did the same thing, took McCaffrey, top tight ends, top quarterback. So it does happen. And if you're in that spot and you're wondering if that's a good viable option, it is, but you're going to have to hit on rounds four, five, six, seven, eight. Like you really do have to come through with good quality picks especially at wide receiver since you're skipping them for the first three rounds. Well, I mean, I'd say that Zeke Kittle and Mahomes are the top players in those positions, but <laughs> I said, I said, arguably <laughs> I I'm had to throw joking. that in there. Yeah. <laughs> She got the second best of all the the positions. No, it is a great strategy. And I think uh, from what – so what you're saying there is she kind of punted wide receivers, but then she came back in the fourth and fifth with Thielen and Lockett, who aren't the sexiest wide receivers. That's why they're there. But they both have very high production ability in fantasy. They're going to get targets. They're going to score fantasy points. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to work out well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially in half PPR, those two are the guys you're probably looking for because they're going to be getting a lot of looks. Even if it's not touchdowns, they're going to be getting consistent points every game. So even like you said, right. they might not be the sexiest touchdowns every week or big bomb type plays, but they should put up consistent numbers that make up for your lack of depth at that position early on. Some ADP stuff that also happened. Some players went really high and some players dropped that we really couldn't believe. We'll start with George Kittle went at the end of the third round, uh, the ninth pick of the third round. That was 29th overall. Um, There's a big gap between Kelsey and then the next one, which is Kittle. His ADP is at 22. He went 29th. I thought that was interesting, but I saw that in a different, like, professional, real fantasy analyst on ESPN. That happened to them, too. Is it worth a pick to get Kittle? Well, Matt, your boy Kittle, the number one tight end, according to you, that late in the third round even if it's not part of your plans. Because as a, the chumps the champs, we like to kind of push the tight ends and quarterbacks down the road. I think once it's in the latter half of the third round, like, uh, Danny, you took him at ninth in the third round in a 10-team league, so you're that close to the turn. Mm-hmm. And you got an early fourth round. Like, I would love to see Kittle on my team in the fourth round, but that, let's be realistic. That's not going to happen. So mm-hmm. picking him there, you know you got that early fourth round pick. So why not? Pull the trigger mm-hmm. on Kittle, get the best tight end in the league, and then come back with probably just as strong as a wide receiver. I don't even think wide receiver went off the board before you came back around, did they? Uh, I think because I took Chris Godwin. Oh no, in the Van Van took Metcalf. Yeah, um, Van took the Metcalf because he had the because uh, he has Greg's pick. He had a Greg oh, third round pick. Gotcha. Speaking of Van, Rob Gronkowski. Hello. <laughs> he goes yeah. the fourth pick in the seventh round. That's sixty four. Wait. 64th overall? No, wait, yeah, 64th overall, and his ADP is 153. So Van really likes Rob Gronkowski. I think everybody has a person in their league who knows the players they like before the draft, and they're not worried about what consensus rankings say, what how far people will slide and when they need to take that. They know what players they want, and they'll draft them as they need to throughout the draft, and they don't care about ADP, and that's Van. And um, it's, it's, it's important to know who those people are in your draft, and it's okay to be that person. Van, Van could do great mm-hmm. knowing the players he wants on his fantasy team. Yeah, if you know what you want, go out and get them, and then off you go. Let's talk about a couple of players who slid a little bit further than we thought that they would. Deshaun Watson goes 90th overall in our league, the last pick in the eighth round, I think it was. 
And his ADP is 65th overall, so he's going like that fifth round territory. And that's the guy that I wanted. And Greg came in and sniped him from me, even though he already had Dak Prescott. That was gross. And also Josh Allen went to Scott. 119th pick. Oh, wow, Scott. You've been talking so much trash on Josh Allen. Here you go and pick him up. I tell you what, as a backup to Mahomes, I think there's value that round. (laughs) (laughs) And I honestly, I took him because, you know what? If he does turn out and ends up being the guy that some people think he's going to be, I'm not crazy about my running backs or my depth anyways. So that's instantly going to be the guy that's on the trading block if somebody needs a better quarterback. So here's a question to you. Oh, first of all, don't draft a quarterback to try to trade him to somebody. Oh, that wasn't capital. <laughs> Come on. Nobody cares. <laughs> They'll just strain him off. Goodness. But uh, earlier in that round, what was that uh, round you said? The, uh, that was the like 12th. 12th round, yeah. Earlier in the 12th, I took Wentz as my first quarterback. If he would have still been on the board at your pick, would you have taken Josh Allen over Carson Wentz? No, I was going to take Wentz, and then you took him, and then I would have taken right, Wentz. Right. I would take Allen's him there, so yeah. both of them had tremendous value there. So I was going to go with one or the other for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. I yeah. I am glad you said that. <laughs> that makes me feel good. <laughs> uh, is there anything else interesting you guys want to talk about about the Frederick League? It was a good draft. It was fun. So, yeah, and something all the listeners know is that I like Michael Thomas and picking at the five spot. I was pretty happy to see him fall to me. But then coming back up in the second round, Julio Jones was still on the board in the middle of second for me. So I was like, got to take him. So I went wide receiver, wide receiver, two studs. Coming down in the third round, all right, I got Gurley. And then you love, you love Gurley. Yeah, I like Gurley. Um, I like his upside. And it's just situation, I guess, more than upside. But then I got Gurley and David Johnson right after that. So two decent running backs. I think that have decent floors, personally. But then in the fifth, I was thinking about maybe sharing up my running back floor because I went so wide receiver heavy early. But Odell Beckham Jr. was still there. Yeah. So I took, I took him in the fifth, and I traded my sixth-round pick that we mentioned earlier. So my third and fourth running backs are Lindsey and Dobbins. So I guess what I was going to get to you guys is do you guys feel like you'd be pretty comfortable with Gurley, DJ, Lindsey, and Dobbins and being able to feel the starting lineup? And I guess to let our listeners know, this is three wide receiver, two running back, one flex league. Mm-hmm. So I've got some more depth receivers and running backs I can throw my flex if I need to. Yeah, I think it's fine, especially since I think the pick, the main thing that I took away from the, yeah, you got Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, but it was that fifth pick, the Odell Beckham. He has the ability to finish in the top five of wide receivers. So you could, if he does hit, having Thomas, Jones, and Beckham in a three wide receiver league is, you had to do that. You had to take Beckham there. It was the correct choice. Scott, what do you think? think? Yeah, I agree. And the other thing with that is, which I hope doesn't happen because I have Melvin Gordon, but if Philip Lindsay Mm -hmm. ends up being pretty solid, I mean, he could be a tremendous flex play. And you, like you said, you got that, good depth at wide receiver and then you have two great running backs and then possibly a third so you might have a nightmare picking the right guy on some weeks but it's better to have that problem than not a good enough guy to fill the slot yeah it, it almost helped me that i didn't have the six round pick there because i probably would have let obj slide thinking that i'll get a great receiver in the six and taking either david montgomery or jonathan taylor 
But the more I look at it, I like getting Odell Beckham there in the fifth. Yeah. What do you guys think about Karen picked third overall and got Saquon Barkley? Great. That was an obvious great choice. She got DeAndre Hopkins at the end of the second round. And then yeah, she, fin- she, she finished off with Chris Carson, Calvin Ridley, DJ Chark, all, Kyler Murray, all guys that I really like. Her first five or six rounds were... And then she got Zach Ertz in the seventh. That's a pretty stellar top of your lineup. The only reason I didn't take D-Hop going up in the second was because I had him in another league. You guys know that I'm an eggs in different baskets kind of guy. Mm-hmm. And... uh I let him go, and I think she got a bargain for him there. Yeah, yeah. As that second round started trickling, because I had the second overall pick, so I was at the end of the second round. It just, like you said, Danny, it was at the first thirteen or fourteen picks were running backs. Yeah. So it just it kept going down, and then I was like, oh man, who's going to be left? And as it went down, and then Eckler got picked earlier than I thought he was going to go. So I was like, I'm going to get one of these guys between Julio Jones, Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, and Tyreek Hill. And obviously, mm-hmm. I wanted Hopkins, but then Karen took one, him one pick higher than you before me. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to complain about Tyreek Hill. I was going to say Tyreek Hill. I wanted DeAndre. Tyreek Hill is a six wide receiver off the board. Seems crazy from where he's going, uh, just in the fantasy world right now. I he's not my prototypical wide receiver, but as we discussed in our wide receiver rankings, I do have him ranked high. So I think that was a bargain there. Oh, yeah, and yeah, you, for you get sure. to pair him with Patrick and Mahomes. Yeah, I got Mahomes, so any any weeks that those two match up, man, it's going to yeah. be pretty pretty hard to beat. The old yeah, stack and, attack. And Karen gets to stack Kyler Murray with DeAndre Hopkins. That could be, we don't know, we don't even know what that looks like. That could be goo. Kind of amazing. But mm-hmm. I was surprised virtual... how far um, Mark Andrews dropped before I was able to get him. And Zach Ertz. I think they went back to back. That was like the seventh round again also, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, yeah. which they're usually going in, what, the fourth and fifth? Yeah. Sometimes, most times, so I was pretty pumped about that. I did not think I was going to get one of the better quarterbacks and tight ends in the same league, that's for sure. I will say uh, a couple interesting starts. Uh, Kevin went really heavy on running backs early, and I really like his early team. Henry, then Sanders, then Connor. Remember, this is 10 team, so that's Three very high, uh, high floor, high ceiling running backs, and then fouled it up with Galladay, Montgomery, and Hilton. I think Galladay and Hilton could easily be wide receiver one fantasy candidates this year. Montgomery can still be a workhorse even with his current issue. Like, I think it's a great start to the draft. I think he did a really good job there. Yeah, you got uh, Matt yeah, Ryan and Jalen Rager too. Those are two great late round picks too. Um, I also. I like I like Keith's team too. Keith went Dalvin Cook, Devontae Adams, Leonard Fournette, AJ Brown, and Kareem Hunt with his first five picks, which I think could not have gone better. Hayden Hurst, your boy, Matt, and yeah. uh, and Russell Wilson. It's a good team too. This is yeah. gonna be a gonna be a tough year. I think uh, Keith was somewhat concerned that he took Madison early and was it the tenth. But no, Keith is a guy who was always plagued with injuries, and uh, he took Cook in the first round, and he wanted to make sure that he didn't have that issue this year. And that, I think, is a smart time to mm-hmm. handcuff right there. The 10th um, round is fine for that, absolutely. Yeah, is Chase Ed- We talked about Kenny Drake. Is Chase Edmonds in the – I know, Matt, you don't like to handcuff your own players, but you like to take other, player- other people's handcuffs, I should say. You eyeballing Chase Edmonds now? Edmonds is getting more interesting now with the uh, – 
the recent Drake news and uh, the coach speak about Edmonds himself. So if I had a player slip into an IR slot before the season started and I have that empty bench spot, maybe, maybe I'll just throw him in there and see what happens. I guess I'll just stop and say that that is a really good reason to draft. Uh, don't draft multiple defenses or kickers or quarterbacks or anything before the season starts. If you draft deep on running backs and wide receivers, there's a decent chance before the season starts, one of those guys might end up on the pup or injury list or whatever, and you can slide them into your IR, and then you can pick up another depth player or backup quarterback, backup defense, backup kicker at that point who's going to be out there anyway. So keep that in mind when you're drafting. Scott, are you a handcuffer? Not typically. I end up feeling like, Everybody, every guy on my bench, I hate to drop unless they're really just crap in the bed. So if I've got a spot where I know I'm never going to play a guy unless something significant like that happens, it's tough. I'm not feeling too confident about that pick. I understand the necessity for it with certain guys. And if I did have, I thought about taking Pollard at the last of it with Zeke. Mm-hmm. but I ended up going A.J. Dillon because I was like, you know what? There could be some upside there. And yeah, it's just one of those things to where, yeah, I, I don't like doing it, but if I had Dalvin Cook, I probably would have. All right, well, let's take a break, guys. And when we come back, we'll do some prop bets and some picks for this upcoming season, some fun stuff. Go get a beer and we'll be right back. Welcome back, champs. Chumps Champs Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 22. We just got done breaking down the Frederick League, some interesting things we thought we found from that draft so it can help you help yourself when you sit down on Saturday or Sunday or whenever you're going to draft. Help next me weekend. help you, yeah. Danny. You're welcome, guys. <laughs> Let's get some fun stuff in here, guys. We're getting close enough to where, to where we can make some some picks, some strong decisions on what we think is actually going to happen. Let's talk some prop bets and picks for this year, okay? Let's start off. Who will lead the NFL in passing yards this year? Scott, why don't you take the lead on this one with your wild pick? For sure going to be Gardner Minshew. No, just kidding. That's it? (laughs) That would be, be, whoa. I picked Mahomes because <gasps> I have to be a fan because I got him in both leagues and I'm kind of depending on that. And if he okay. doesn't, it's going to be nothing a, to back kind it of, up. Just kind of uh, a bust. need it to happen. <laughs> I mean, he did it two years ago, so he's shown he's capable. Oh, and they if just anyone's the capable, it's Patrick Mahomes. So, I am desperate, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of money on this, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think that's a fine pick for the most passing yards. Matt, I'm going to go with yours last because you need to do this one last. I'm going to tell you, I put Matt Ryan as mine. I was back and forth between going all out with Dak Prescott, but I'm going to go with Matt Ryan. He throws the ball so often. I think that it's going to happen. He's going to hit 5,000 this year. Here it comes. 5,000 yards for Matt Ryan. He's going to throw his share of interceptions with it too. Sure. With Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley breaking out, and the man Hayden Hurst. I mean, he's going to hit two thousand yards. I'm sure receiving just by himself. 
and Todd Gurley there actually catching the ball. Matt Ryan's going to lead the league in passing yards. Now, go ahead, Matt. Who you got? First of all, about your Matt Ryan is, yes, he always hits in the 4,000s since, was it 2010? Um, but that's all he ever does is hitting the 4,000s. It's very consistently high, but it's not leading the league in passing yards. Until so. 2020. <laughs> Someone's got to do it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I do really like that offense this year. And, yeah, it's not an awful pick. And people will give me more crap about mine, but I'm going with Philip Rivers. Oh, the, boy. The what black horse, the underdog, whatever you want to call it. Deep River. What people don't realize is last year on the Clippers, he finished fourth (laughs) in passing yards. (laughs) And uh, that was on a team with like no O-line and just garbage fire around them and opposing fans in the stands at every game. And now he goes to Indy with the best O-line in the league, great receivers around him, good running game complimenting, everything looking great for him why couldn't he bust over 5,000 and easily contend for the passing yard leader I like it we and I will say that uh out of the three people that finished ahead of him he had the higher completion percentage Hmm? well there you go now we should probably mention that he knows that it's the Chargers but we reference them as the Clippers because it comes up (laughs) LAC um we're not idiots, okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean, idiots well, about certain things, but that is an inside joke. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who will lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns? Matt, you want to go for this one? Uh, I'll start. Uh, another, I guess, dark horse, whatever you want to call it. Um, A.J. Brown, I think. He, uh, he was mm. up there last year, I think, with eight receiving touchdowns. Obviously, I think Galladay led it, didn't he? With a little 11. Him, but, um, Cooper, I think Cooper Cup was up there. I think Mark and Mark yeah. Andrews, maybe, or something like that. PJ Brown was in the mix with eight, and uh, I think that was whenever he really exploded. It was when Tannehill came in midseason. The offense started grooving. The passing game worked out better. So why not this year with a full season, uh, full off season? Him, Tannehill, everybody working together. And I'm a Titans fan. I want to go with A.J. Brown. Yeah. Leads the and, and this year. It was eight touchdowns in like seven games where he was actually like utilized mm-hmm. the right way. Extrapolate that. Yeah. We love <laughs> extrapolating. <laughs> right. Uh, Scott, who you got receiving touchdowns? I got DK Metcalf leading it this year. I think go. he has got that important year under his belt to get the confidence from Wilson to be looking for him in the red zone. And he's a big guy so i think he's gonna get the first look on all the plays or just the fades to the back of the end zone which i hate that play more than any play in football but whatever a guy that could do it it could be him yeah they do it constantly so those are gonna go to him if they do that so i see the potential there this year for sure and i like the team they're always offensively capable of scoring big points every game so he's gonna have the opportunities as well dk metcalf is a big guy is like the understatement of the year. <laughs> the guy is absolutely massive. I have Devontae Adams, and it doesn't really sound as like wild as a pick as your guys's, but I think Adams is going to get like 180 targets this year, if not more. <laughs> and I think he's going to break 
12 touchdowns this year easy so why not be the top guy uh next pick outside before you go okay uh, okay. oh oh, oh. Oh, boy he's got some insight i did want to mention that uh none of us uh decided to go with mark andrews who had 10 receiving tds last year um do we all agree that's not very repeatable for him i i mean i think it was what a touchdown i mean his touchdown like rate was insane i mean jackson threw the ball i think 400 times last year it's which was the least amount in the league. I think that was less than the Titans. So, yeah, I think that's... I think that Jackson's overall passing touchdowns have to come down, and I think that means Andrews, too. To be fair, I read the question is what leading <laughs> receiver will have the most Would touchdowns? you have gone with Andrews? <laughs> but anyway? I wouldn't have gone okay. Andrews. <laughs> Reading's tough, man. <laughs> words are hard. Not as hard as shapes, but words are hard. Uh, outside of the consensus top five... Which wide receiver? Ah, okay, we're good. Okay, got it so far. We'll have the most receptions, and I will start us off this time with my man DJ Moore. My guy. My guy. Is that that? Is that your? Uh, oh my God, Scott! What the temptations? temptations. Is that temptations? Gee. Yes, it's the temptations. I got it right. You're giving me <laughs> the business. Uh. What were we talking about? DJ Moore. Okay, I think that he's going to have a lot of short throws from Teddy Bridgewater, who throws it short a lot. I think that McCaffrey's stuff are going to come down a little bit, his passes, his everything. And DJ Moore is going to absolutely break out. He's going to lead the league in receptions. Matt? Bullshit. What say you? (laughs) Just absolute (laughs) bullshit. Uh, My guy is Robert Woods. Uh, He had... A similar amount of targets as more last year, similar amount of receptions. The difference is that his situation is getting, I think, a lot better. Pass happy team. And once they switched uh, midseason last year to the 12 personnel is when Woods really broke out. They're going to stick with that this year. I think his targets going to go up. His receptions go up. His production go up. Everything. I think Woods is somebody to eye up for uh, a lot of receptions. I like Robert Woods a lot. Sorry. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, you guys... Your two were also the other two I was considering between DJ Moore and Woods. I went with Ali Robbie. He uh, he had a lot of targets last year, a lot of receptions. I think that team's going to be better. And- That's Allen Robinson for everyone who doesn't know who Ali Robbie is. <laughs> <laughs> it's Allen Robinson. If uh, especially if Foles is you know the one throwing, I think it's just going to improve his resume even more. So I like him this year a lot. I got him as my second receiver behind Tyreek Hill in the Frederick League. So if he does what I think he's capable of, I really like that one-two combo. He's going to get the targets, and I think he is one of the most underrated wide receivers in the league. I think it's oh, absolutely. Him. He's a bargain in drafts. Look how far we've come since Billy's question, and we're all like, oh, Alden Robinson. <laughs> I will say that I think uh, in the draft I had earlier tonight, Billy is in that league, and Billy took Allen Robinson. There you go. So did we help him? I can't remember. We turned him off. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last time we, we were really slow playing show. it. <laughs> All right. Out of these options. <laughs> okay. I read Barkley. And I, almost, I honestly almost said Charles Barkley. <laughs> I will say that he got drafted in the third round with a six pick, 26th overall. That's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Um, more receiving yards, Saquon Barkley, Alvin Kamara, or Christian McCaffrey. Matt, go ahead. 
It's Kamara. I mean, he's the biggest pass catching yeah. back out of this bunch, and he's on the best offense. It's Kamara. Don't don't kid me. Okay, Scott, go ahead and kid uh, Matt <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I went with McCaffrey, and I think it's because I think he's going to run the ball a little bit less this year because they're trying to – hopefully, if they're smart, they're going to try to save his body a little bit. But since no, he's run on the, the thing f- in the ground, man, since he's on the field every play, and let's be honest, that team has a lot of broken plays. I think he's going to be getting a lot of dump offs and a lot of just scrambles to where they quarterback runs up to the line of scrimmage and then just tosses it to him. So that's why I went with him. I don't think it's all going to be designed by any means like it is more for the other two. I just think the numbers will be there from the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that whole explanation and matching on some I actually went with Kamara as where as where, as where? <laughs> <laughs> I went with Kamara as well as Matt. Um I think it's a bounce back year for him and I think he's gonna do most of his damage in the air. Can't believe none of us went with Barkley. Oh, but Matt's not big on Barkley this year, yeah. are you? Not huge. <laughs> not huge. I think he's gonna be a great runner. I don't I just don't know why I'm not seeing him getting quite as much receiving for whatever reason. Just intuition, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So who wins more games this year, guys? The Pittsburgh Steelers, the LA Rams, or the Buffalo Bills? Well, we know Scott. it's not the Rams. Scott, go ahead. <laughs> just chop them right out of the list. Well, yeah, they're, they're done. Uh, I have the Steelers winning the most. Like you said just a minute ago, bounce back time for the Steelers. I think Roethlisberger's going to be healthy, at least healthy enough. Uh, with Juju having another bounce back year himself, I think it's just and Connor, honestly. So I think that team is just going to have a bounce back. And I mean, they still won what eight games last year? Was it? I think it was. Yeah, eight. that was one so, of the shockers. I'm in the Chicago. We were like, wait a second, this can't be right. Right. So I would not be surprised. If at all if they're in double digits and I don't have I, I don't think they're going to win a lot more than the Bills but I think they might edge them out by one maybe two well the Bills won I think 10 games last year is that right Matt uh I'll take your word for it Danny yeah well who it's, you got yeah, them it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I have the Bills and yeah they had a respectable season last year as much as I'm not high on Josh Allen I think uh, the, the team is doing the right things to move forward their defense is solid. Their offense should improve. Diggs addition will help. Um, and after that, just the fans. The fans are going to do that last little push to get them more wins than the Steelers or the Rams. They deserve and, it. Yeah, and the Rams don't deserve it. And the Steelers, <laughs> nah. so it's going to be yeah. the Bills. They're fun to watch. They're fun to party with. Let's, let's, let's cheer for the Bills here. Yeah. Um, I have the Steelers, and it's all based off of Roethlisberger. That's it. If Roethlisberger gets hurt again, I have the right to change this pick at that point in the season to a different pick, and then I'll pick the Bills. But if he stays healthy, then it's going to be the Steelers. I mean, they're going to win 10 games if he stays healthy. Speaking of the Steelers, who has the most receiving touchdowns this year? Juju Smith-Schuster. That's why I said speaking of the Steelers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cortland Sutton or Calvin Ridley? Matt, begin. So I chose Sutton because 
Um, I really do like him this year. Uh, I know they brought in some young talent in the draft, but he is the veteran there. He's still the biggest body receiver. I think he's going to be the more threatening look in the red zone and just the favorite target of Drew Locke with a little bit more time to work with. And he's really talented too. Um, I don't like Juju Smith-Schuster as much because, and let me preface this, he's working it out of the slot, which I understand that doesn't mean he's not going to get as many touchdowns. He's going to get a lot of looks. He's going to be very fantasy relevant, but I feel like I, I like just Sutton's red zone presence more than Juju working out of the slot. And Calvin Ridley has to contend with uh, Julio. And that makes me immediately not like him as much. I didn't know how big Cortland Sutton is. Did you guys know that? Nice. He's yeah, he's six like six four, three, six four. Yeah, six four, yeah. six four two hundred and sixteen pounds. I didn't know he was that big. He's I a big boy. <laughs> cool. Wow. Uh, go ahead, uh, Scott, with your pick. I went with Calvin Ridley, and I'll be honest. This is the least confident of all these questions I'm in. But I it. had, I know, I had to put my money where my <laughs> mouth is. And that was from earlier in our podcast where I said, I think he's going to outscore Julio Jones this year in fantasy points. And it's going to be hard to do that if you don't get touchdowns. So he might be a touchdown or two less than Jones, but I think he makes up for with yards. Mm -hmm. And I got Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he bounces back now that he's healthy. Ben Roethlisberger stays healthy. It's a sure thing, right, guys? It's a sure thing. Double-digit touchdowns for him, too. Although... Now that I know how big Cortland Sutton is, I don't know. Maybe I'll change it. Now I'll go with Juju. Last one. More total touchdowns. Nick Chubb, Miles Sanders, or Josh Jacobs? You guys want me to start? I'll start us off. Start us off, Danny. I got Josh Jacobs, and a little bit of this is buying into Gruden saying that they're wanting to involve him more in the passing game. Uh, Coach Um, as soon, right before they, I believe that the Raiders just signed Theo Riddick, and all he does is catch passes. So I'm, I'm sticking with it anyway. I think we're gonna have a second year breakout for Josh Jacobs, and I think this time next year we're gonna be talking about him in the top five of of picks in the 2021 draft. So Matt, go ahead. I went with Miles Sanders here. Um, I, re- I really don't like. Nick Chubb because of the whole other uh, running back of uh, Kareem Hunt, <laughs> Kareem Hunt, their situation. If nothing else, I think he's going to steal a few TDs. I don't like Josh Jacobs as much because I think he's not as multi-dimensional. Now, fancy way know? of fancy way of saying not a three-down back. Like I think Miles Sanders could really fall into that role this year. Yeah, there's Coach Speak saying it, but I think uh, he he proved. It towards the end of last season he can be that back and he can be the guy in philadelphia and they're going to be an effective offense i know that and uh i just like sanders a lot i picked him before josh jacobs in my league earlier which is a lie because josh jacobs went before me in the draft but i would have picked miles sanders first and then josh jacobs immediately after on the turn yeah i'm not a i i was back and forth between sanders and jacobs i do think sanders is going to get a good amount of touchdowns but I just look at Jacobs as the big bruiser guy who they're going to give it to three straight tries if they're on the one, and he's going to be the guy that he's not going to have touchdowns really getting poached from him, where Sanders, those goal lines, it might go to a bigger Boston Scott. And then, like we said with Nick Chubb, you got Kareem Hunt there. So that's why I went with Jacobs. 
That's it, guys. That's all the bets and picks that I got lined up for so far. I mean, it's a long season. We're going to keep adding on to these, but that's what I got. That's what we got for episode 22. It's in the books now. What a fun one. That was just great. And you know what? Next week on the docket, we've got risers, fallers, and preseason pickups. Because if you guys are going out there and doing your drafts this weekend, you're going to look at your team, and some of you are going to say, I don't like what I just did. But we've got you covered for who to pick up there. Go to chumpschampspodcast.com for our rankings, articles, past shows, everything like that. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Like and share our stuff on Facebook. We will see you guys next episode. Later, champs. Good trip.